commitment to you from Rockingham IPL Radio. I know. Do you want your microphone any louder, bro? Uh, yes, please. Yeah, no worries. Which line number three? Three. Three. Louder, 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 louder. Yes, louder. I can hear myself now. Awesome. I can hear my own thoughts in here. Yeah. <laughs> that was Eric Clapton with cocaine, and we were talking just before, maybe with uh, not just with the song cocaine, but with the um, the illicit substance cocaine as well. The illicit substance that you, that you no, when you know, whenever you go through an airport, right? Mm-hmm. You always go past the security gates and all that. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever feel like you've packed all the right things, mm-hmm. but then you think that someone's going to stop you because you think you have something up your arm? I don't know. Um, I've never been stopped for for smuggling things up my bum. Um, I suppose... No, you just like feel like you have it on you. Cause no, like, never. You should go to a doctor, man. If you walk into an airport and something, no, you suddenly that, feel ne- like something's up I've there. I've never had that feeling, but <laughs> apparently a lot of pe- a lot of other people have, and it's like, really like a phantom, phantom yeah. condom full of heroin. That's crazy. I know it's nuts. <laughs> any, any, I've heard of phantom limbs before, but that is new. That is discomfort. <laughs> oh my god! Discomfort those days. That's I, I. You know what? I might actually Google that because that would be insane. Because you know how like, uh, like phantom stuff can happen all the time, like that. Like you lose a hand and you get like that phantom itch, or or sometimes you can get a phantom pregnancy, which is where men feel the same like like uh, like stuff that like women feel when they're very close to their yeah. partner and stuff like that. So maybe the mind is a powerful thing, man. Maybe it makes you feel like you've got something up your butt. That's crazy. I know. It's, I, I, it's something scary. But Harry, how have you been, my dude? I've actually been pretty good, to be honest. Now, I was a little bit late today, and I want to talk about that. Okay. Right? I want to broach that subject. Because okay. I feel like every time I walk in late, I'm ridiculed by you, Jake. Because you yeah, you're, not, you're not ridiculed that much. No, 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 no. But. Some, sometimes more than others. But that's because of my nature. true. Um. One, I want to say I don't have a car, so I can be as late as I want because it's super early in the morning. And two, this is more important, right? I was thinking this morning, because I got up at the right time today. I got up at like 4.30. When I leave by like 5 o'clock, I'm I'm here on time, right? In fact, I leave by 5 o'clock, I'm here early, right? Normally, I would uh, would have to leave just after 5. I'd get here on time. It takes me about an hour to get here. But I woke up this morning, and I did my... um, I did, you know, I I, I, I went to the, the bathroom and I got dressed and stuff and I watched my morning morning video and had my breakfast. And I thought to myself, like, normally I just kind of leave the house and and rush have to rush out the house to get here. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm happy to rush out. But I thought to myself today, I want to feel good today, right? And you know what the first thing for me for feeling good during a day is? Is doing my morning right and cleaning myself up and having a meal and like having a bit of a, like a make myself pretty and stuff like that. And so like, I decided this morning that I could have left at five, but I decided to leave at 5.30 instead because I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the time. I'm going to have a shower. I'm going to get ready. And you know what? I'm feeling better for it already. So I don't regret coming a little bit late to the radio today because I'm feeling very, very Yeah, good. my dad just sent her a text saying my mummy had to wake me up. But it's like, dude, no, it's my mum. Chill, all right? Because my 
because like I, we have all these alarms. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. We have all these alarms that mm. I go off. I I didn't hear them this morning. Mm. I only have one of them on. I think I, I have my phone alarm on. Mm. So nah. yeah. Yeah, and wait, li- you got, and wait, you got alarms, pause. You got alarms that are not your phone. What else on earth is your alarm if not your phone? Alarm clocks. Alarm clocks? I haven't had an alarm clock in years. You know, I used to have this alarm clock, right? And you could turn it upside down and it would tell you the time, like it would speak the time. It would go, the time is 4.45 p.m. Like it was great. And it also, if you clapped, right, it had this sound activated thing mm. and it would shine a pretty projector up onto the ceiling and it projected the time up on the ceiling that's how cool is that now harry we all know what's coming up coming up this weekend oh what's coming up this weekend the pixel expo it's this video game convention it's i'm really excited for it yes but that's not also what's coming up on the sunday it's father's day oh yeah it's father's day oh on the sunday yeah oh Oh, I might not be hanging out. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Go on. Usually on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I believe you. I completely believe you. I have no reason to doubt. I was just. I was just shocked at a Sunday because I might have made plans with a friend on a Sunday and he hasn't responded and I mm. think I know why now. But yeah. yeah, it's Father's Day. Yeah. And and my dad gave me a challenge for this one. Ooh. Um. He said I got to get him something that's over twenty bucks. <laughs> I've got. I, I've, got <laughs> I've, I've. I've got him something. Oh, okay. I, I haven't got it yet. Okay. I've just, I've just got it in my head. Right. What I want to get. Right. Him. Right. Well, there's still plenty of days before Father's Day, and you've got that big long Saturday beforehand, so you'll have time to go out. Well, and, then again, I have. I spend it. most of it on radio. That's true, but I, I, I'm sure you could chuck on a song break and run out and grab this if you already know what it is. It's not mm. going to take you too long to shop for it, right? But, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah. also mm-hmm. another some big, some big news on the Saturday night. Uh huh. Frio will play the elimination final against oh, the Bulldogs. And apparently ooh. this is the biggest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> where where are they playing it? Are they playing They're it playing over it East? Oldest. Oh my god, here. Yeah. Oh wow. Man, I bet, I bet you a hundred dollars that every single person in the crowd on Saturday night is going to be some description of father. That is going to be the yeah. prime time Father's Day gift for people. Yes, and the thing is, a lot of it, a lot of it is going for it. Like, there's been people like writing stuff like flag mantle, mm. writing articles on it. Mm. This is big. This oh, is, yeah. This this is even more big when the Eagles won their like what fourth premiership. I don't. Considering back in 2018, Frio haven't been finals since 2013 for the last wow, time I heard. Wow, really? So it's been like nine years since yeah, Frio have been the, in the... And that's believe exciting. it or not, that year, they actually made it to the grand final, but they lost. Oh. So this so is, this is be, Frio's next big chance. Yes, but the thing is, there's been contemplation of whether or not it's going to rain. Because okay. statistically, Frio don't do too well in the rain. Mm. Do, don't do too well in the rain. Can they close the roof of the Optus Stadium? Unfortunately, they no, can't. That's only air. that's only a privilege at Marvel. Right, right. Okay. Which is weird because Marvel is the name of that comic <laughs> that, of that of that place that invented Spider Man. Well, crossing our fingers for clear skies this weekend, I suppose. Not only to have a nice Father's Day, but also hopefully so the uh, the Dockers can have a decent game. Now, Harry. Yes, Jake. We, we just want to get predictions for for the Saturday's game. Okay, okay. Right? Who would you say would win the game between Frio and the Dogs? I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I grew up an Eagles kid. 
I'm a I'm a Eagles kid at heart. We had you know we had the printed glasses, we had the 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 the, the jumpers and the the sweaters and stuff. And there's one more thing that identifies you as an Eagles kid, and it is an unbridled hate for the Dockers. Now, as an adult who's not as into football as he used to be, I'm not super like I don't hate the Dockers anymore, but a little bit of that still lives in me. So. I am barracking for the Western Bulldogs this year, unfortunately. Yeah, so yeah. me and my family, oh, uh, yeah. my dad comes from Victoria, mm-hmm. around that uh, Werribee side. Okay. Repped Werribee, no. <laughs> but um, my dad's family has been usually Melbourne. Okay. Because the thing is, he goes for Carlton. Mm. That's actually not a bad quality, considering how they almost made finals this year. So you're saying that in a game between the Dockers and the Bulldogs, you're betting that Carlton will win. No, that's that's not even it. I'm just saying that most of our fa- most of our you. family is 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 um Victorian teams because mm-hmm. my mum goes for Geelong. Yeah, my dad and my sister go for Carlton. Oh yeah, I go for the Demons. I love that. Yep, because you know me all brooding and yeah, yep, understood, understood. But who am I voting for between Freo yeah. and the Dogs? Mm. I would have to say, like, if it's raining, the dogs, but if it's dry, the free... free well, then this is a prediction dockers. of weather, so here's what I'll ask you now. Do you think it's going to rain on Saturday? I think it might rain, so I'm going to okay. have to go with the doggies. Go with the dogs However, as well. I've just got a text in from my dad, oh? because he's a frequent listener to the show. <laughs> Breaking news, boys. Yes, and he is going for... The Fremantle Dockers. Ah, well, you know what, Jake's dad? History will prove one of us right. Yes. I love saying that. I never get to say that in my day-to-day because I very really, really like have dichotomous views with people, but history will prove one of us right. Yes, it will. Well, it will prove... It'll either prove two of us right or one of us right because we're the dog, we're the bulldog boys, and that's what we're doing. Exactly. Let's go, bull doggies. <laughs> Do you want to listen to a little bit more music, mate? Why not? Ah, that sounds good. Coming up next is Hollywood Nights by Bob Seger. Yes, Bob Yay! Seger. Oh, I'm so good at pronouncing English names. This is Discover Thursdays with Has and Jake. Listening to songs you'd f- you might have forgotten or didn't remembered existed. We'll get it. I'm sure. Shall we? Shall we? Let's go. Coming to you from Rockingham, you're listening to IPL Radio. I know, I know, it just doesn't feel right. No. (laughs) Anyway, that was The Who with Pinball Wizard. Yeah, I haven't heard that song in a long time. You want to know the first place I heard that song? Where? It was in my music class when I was in primary school. I'm going to guess who that's with because... It was Mr. with Mr. Jakovic. It was with Mr. Jakovic. Believe it or not, he was actually my music teacher. No way! Wow, that is a me weird. And him, me and him still get along today. Yeah, I, I now that I live near Port Kennedy again, I seen, I've seen him once. I rode, I was riding my bike, and uh, I said hi to him, and it was really nice. Yeah, no, he says, "Oh, Jake, how you going, mate?" <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, exactly hey, I'm doing sounds. all right. There you go. Yeah. Now, Mr. Jagovich is a cool guy. Bred my love in music, bred my love in electronics. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. But yeah, first place I heard Pinball Wizard was listening to um listening to that in Miss Jackovich's class. And uh and he was like, Well, let's look at the let's analyze the bit of this music and talk about yeah, this. That that made he made music classes fun. Yeah, he was good. And he's a good musician too. He just like knows how to play instruments, which it, I still don't know how to play instruments. So that's crazy. Yeah. 
And the thing is, it's like, I feel like music classes now are just more about the theory side of it. You go to a lot of music classes now, Jake? Well, I used to because I did my diploma in it. Oh. And, and um, a lot of them... Well, I was going to be snarky, but you've actually got the upper hand. I'm, a lot I'm, of them... I'm, okay. A lot of them do have a lot based in theory. Mm. And I mean, it's, it's like, even if you want to... Like, who wants to learn theory? I mean, uh, I, I know. know. I, I mean, I know it's important. Not against music theory. I think it's really interesting. I think it's kind of interesting, and I'm not even a musician. I would argue, though, that the reason that, um, uh, that like, for the same reason that that uh, that uh, like art classes become less about, like, more about studying and less about like doing, is because when you get to your age, right, of doing a diploma in music, yeah. I think there's an assumption that you are practicing and playing elsewhere, right? You're not coming into class to practice. You're coming into class to improve your skill in other ways because... That's fair enough. Like, because, I, I mean, a teacher can't provide practice. You just practice on your own, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think that that would be why theory ramps up is because they're just that's why i think you don't see a lot of like you don't see that same jump up in theory in things like acting right yeah because like a class you'd go to class in order to be with a bunch of other people who are acting and kind of like you know, I, I don't know i'm just spitballing here but i think that makes sense yeah that makes sense and in i my mean head. mr j if you're listening we, me and Harry yeah. still remember. Oh, still remember. It's wild. I, it's, I know. And we still, my 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 mate who was also a a um a really like Mr. Jackovich. We still talk about him in hushed tones. Oh, remember Mr. Jackovich? Oh, remember when we talked about this? I've still got a book at home, the complete works of Shakespeare signed by Mr. Jackovich. There's some nice message in the front that I can't remember. Yeah, killer. Mi- Mr. Mr. J was like the iconic teacher. Oh yeah, he was the teacher to end all and, teachers. And speaking of iconic, mm. we got the first track from Master of Puppets. Ooh, what track is that? That's Jake? Battery, my dear friend. Battery. So here is Battery by the one and only Metallica. On Discover Thursdays, listening to songs you might have forgotten existed. existed. I'm just saying the first bit because we've got none of my playlist. Yeah, I'm today. sorry. No, 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 it's okay. I'm sorry. It's I, all right. I thought you weren't going to be here. It's about the music. And music important. is important. All right, here we go. Battery by Metallica. Let's play. Coming to you from Rockingham, you're listening to IPL Radio. We're back. That song ended way too suddenly for me to get my thing. Yeah, time. that was, was They Say by Scars on Broadway. What about Darren Malkian? Malakian. I don't, I don't think he deserves some credit. Why not? I don't know. Why am I whispering? I don't know. It's very quiet. <laughs> there very we go. Disconcerting. Well, Jake, I've got a question to ask you. What's the question? Is Discover Thursdays just about listening to music that you might have forgotten existed? Let me put on my Stone Cold voice. Oh, hell no. No, you're right. It's also about discovering interesting facts. And boy, howdy, have I got a doozy for you in this here little notebook today. Yes. I'm excited to see what you have cooked up. I am glad you're excited because... Uh, and 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 I want to start this off with a with a bit of a story, right? Okay, I, I like a good story. <laughs> so it's been a while since I've just done a flat out 
talk about a thing and kind of gush about it for a while. The last one I did was I did a whole report on ants. I don't think you were uh, here yet, which is fine. If if I'm trying to remember, (laughs) no. No, no worries. I did a whole thing on ants and it was really fun. All I did was like research ants and and, and different scientific facts. And I was like, you know what? I'm feeling science-y. I'm feeling interested. Let's talk about something like just one topic. That's what I want to do. And so I was thinking for a really long time, what did I want it to be? What what could I think of being? And I thought, you know what? I bet ferns have something interesting going on. You know ferns. what I mean? Ferns. Yeah. I bet a fern I bet a fern they got a whack looking bod and stem and they look a little strange. I bet there's something interesting going on with ferns. Cuz I think a lot of people just like say thern- ferns are like, "Oh, yeah, they're absolutely useless." But Harry do you think they they are useless? Well, actually, um, I mean, e- economically speaking, ferns, ferns are kind of useless. You can't really eat them. You can't really make medicine out of them. But that's not that's not what I was, that's not actually what I want to talk about today. Ferns are definitely a part of it. But when I talked about ants a couple months ago, the thing I one of the things I really wanted to touch on was the cultural significance of ants. I never got to talk about it, but I certainly read a lot about it, and it was really really interesting. And so I wanted to. I, and so when I got on the, normally I start by looking at the Wikipedia page because it's a really good source just for like immediate knowledge and then you can kind of branch out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to the Wikipedia page on Fern because of course there's one of those. Yeah. And I, I went down, the first thing I wanted to check out was the cultural section. What cultural significance do ferns have? Well, there are a couple uh, uh, Slavic stories that involve ferns. There are a couple, um, they're, they're the native, we know that they're the, the national plant of New Zealand and they feature in the like Air New Zealand logo and in the All Blacks team and stuff like that. Yeah. And then something else crossed my eye, something a little bit different, something discussing the craze and obsession that young uh, that women of all ages in the 1800s had with the humble fern jake today we're going to talk about terry demania or the 1800s obsession with ferns this is 1000% real i can't believe it exists and i can't believe i've never heard about it before this is going to be legendary it actually is it's super fun but before we get into it i think we're gonna listen to a little bit more music yes, and how about i introduce this new one please this next one. do now this artist he mm-hmm. released a new well he, re- he released a new song oh, yeah. featuring britney spears of all people oh glad I, to I, know she's still making music i haven't heard a lot from britney spears so, here is Mr. Sir Elton John <laughs> with your song right your, here. My song? It's your song. It's my song. It's, your, it's your song too, bro. Yay! Sorry, you were saying? It's everybody's song. <laughs> right here. On Discover Thursdays. Listening to songs you might have forgotten. Existed. Coming to you from Rockingham, you're listening to IPL Radio. You swapped chairs with me because you thought this one was more comfortable, and now you've swapped spots with me, so you're back in the chair you don't like anymore. Hey, 
I'm just saying. I just think you like sitting in front of the computer, man. That's what I'm going to say. I think you were uncomfortable here, not because no, of the chair. Then, no, but then again, it's like, isn't that like most kids these days? Yeah, of like, course. So they, I love they being just in front of like computer. They just mostly like in front of the computer. Like, <laughs> and plus, you, you were, you've you gone to the thing and I was... To the thing? Where did I go? You, get, you went to the bathroom. So, nice. so I had so I had to keep an eye on that. I'm very proud you can say that over the over the radio. It's a big step for you, Jake. Wow, and and also I had to keep an eye on that. We're not talking about out. radio. We're talking about ferns, bro. Specifically, uh, to, to, I keep mispronouncing the word in my head, so I'm going to read it specifically about terradomania. But before we get to that, I think we should have a little chat about ferns themselves because okay. they really are interesting plants right much more interest like i mean all plants are interesting right because they're all you know like yeah but but ferns specifically there's a lot of very interesting things about ferns this is what i actually wanted to do this report on and and it's and it's still a, a, a viable topic it's really really good so ferns are ferns the, the the scientific name for the family of of plants that comprise ferns are polypodiopacida I like that a lot. Polypodiopacida. There's three P's that in sound, that. That sounds like a drink. It does sound a bit like a drink. Could I grab a, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, a, uh, a um, polypodiopacida, please? <laughs> that it's that, like, it's the, I think it's that pacida that makes it sound like a drink because that sounds it makes, like. It sounds like a passion fruit soft drink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like there is Pacido. a passion. Pacido, exactly. From Kirk's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's where, we're, that's how it sounds like a drink. But, uh, but, uh, Polypodiopacida sounds like a um an alcoholic version of that drink. Like it's a it's it's that drink with all the bells and whistles sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's a so the, that that uh, scientific name for ferns. They've been around for three hundred and sixty million years. Like. A huge amount of time because ferns are like ancient plants, right? Like plants that the dinosaurs ate sort of plants. Mm. And, and there's all this – I read this really interesting store, uh, uh, discover. I read about this really interesting discovery where they discovered um, – a dinosaur that had been uh, that had drowned and died underwater mm-hmm. um, sometime in the the, the dinosaur times uh, in the Jurassic or Cretaceous period. I'm not a big dinosaur nerd anymore, but um, uh, this dinosaur that had died back then. Uh, but the wild thing about how it had died is it died at j- in just the right place at just the right time that it was preserved in such a way that we were able to see its stomach contents in the fossil remains of the dinosaur. That's cool. I know. We were able to see what it ate. And and we discovered some interesting stuff about dinosaur like eating habits. Number one, they ate ferns. Cool. And number two, they ate dinosaurs also ate rocks. Um, and the reason they did that is uh, to kind of help digest the ferns in their stomachs because they're very because a lot of the plants back then were very fibrous kind mm. of hard to digest so you put some rocks down there you walk around the rocks like scratch yeah there's a whole like thing about it but that's not really what N- nowadays, nowadays if you eat a fern you'll probably like if it was in the same if it was the same as back then you'll probably like need need to grab some mix it in drink some down some bunnings concrete oh, yeah yeah it, ferns are not edible i want to make this very clear they're not they're not for eating some 
are used in medicine. The the ends of ferns, known as the fiddleheads. You know what a fern looks like before it's kind of it's all curled up like this. Mm-hmm. That's a fiddlehead. Um, fiddleheads can be eaten, but only some species of fern fiddlehead like like do that. Also, fiddlehead, great name for a part of a plant. I really like it. Um, the fiddlehead rolls out and becomes the frond. I really like frond too. Fiddlehead into frond. It's a great transition, all these F words. It's very nice. Um, uh, so, yeah, some fiddleheads are eaten. Some fiddleheads are used as medicine. But you, if you see a fern in the wild, it is safe to assume that it is not edible. And I like, I kind of like that it's kind of unusable by humans because we're a very, like, evolutionarily, we're pretty pretty recent, right, in the yeah. grand scheme of life and stuff like that. And so, um, and so... To have this very, very old plant, way, 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 way older than us, be, like, unusable to us, makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, if I had a plant from 350 million years ago and I could eat it, that's that's pretty suspicious. But 300, uh, th- uh, 360 million years ago and I can't eat this plant, makes total sense, honestly. And... um. A little bit more, just a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, Ferns, because, uh, and they've been around for so long, but the wild thing about how long they've been around for is that a lot of ferns, uh, I say suffer, they're not suffering, but are, 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 are great examples of what's called evolutionary stasis, which is where a species just kind of figures it out and stops evolving and changing, which I didn't think was a thing, but it happens all the time. Specifically in fern, specifically the Osmunda claytona species of fern, which, look, I googled it, it just looks like another fern. I assigned, it's botanist specific thing, it just looks like and another And definitely fern. not a more creative name than Old Lady Bingo. Yeah, Al. exactly, right? Um, but but it's uh, like the, the Osmunda claytona hasn't changed in at least 180 million years. It's the same plant, like the same plant down to the cellular level because we're able to tell these things from fossil records and stuff like that. Down to the cellular level, this cellular level, this plant hasn't changed, which is super cool because if you google a picture of a of a, of this of this Osmunda claytona. I keep glancing down at the page because I'm reading the scientific names because there's no way I'm going to remember that. Yeah. If you read, uh, if you Google a picture of this plant, you're looking back millions of years in history, back to what it looked like before. And like, I didn't know evolu- evolutionary stasis was a thing. Turns out, crazy big in ferns and probably other plants and some like old sea life. I don't think there's a lot of evolutionary stasis mammals yet. Yet, I say, because, you know... Still got a couple million years, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, and you know, humans might be suffering from a uh, suffering, might be experiencing a. Um, we don't know. I mean, we don't know, but we may be experiencing a form of um, uh, induced evolutionary stasis because we're top of the food chain with technology and stuff. There's no reason for our bodies to change physically anymore. We're not mm. trying to adapt or anything. But again, who knows? Five hundred million years later, we might look totally different. Mm. We, we just don't know, um, and I uh, and also this really really interests me. So this, here's a, a, a quick story. There's a old Slavic folklore tale, right, that says that um, ferns only bloom flowers once a year during the. I'm trying to remember this. The Ivan Kapen. Kip- 
Kapena Knight that during a, a very specific yeah, significant Yeah, I definitely know the, the name Ivan. That represents yeah. Ivan the Terrible. I I don't know if it references Ivan the Terrible, but it definitely references somebody, right? So like uh, the Slavic Slavic folklore that says the fern blooms uh, uh, once a year and at midnight, and it's very difficult to spot. But anyone who sees the flower of a fern, a fern bloom, anyone who sees it will um, will be granted like happiness and riches and wealth for the rest of their life, right? Want to know something about ferns? They do not flower. <laughs> they do, yeah, exactly, right? They do not produce blooms. They do not produce seeds. Ferns reproduce, get this, via spores. They're spore, like a, like a mushroom. They're spore plants. Hey, they're fungi. Yeah, they are. Well, I'm, I, they aren't classed as fungi, but they reproduce in the same way. And what's really interesting is that you've definitely seen fern spores before. Remember... This is this might be such a specific thing I don't know, but remember uh, looking at like green big leafed plants, and on the underside of the plant there's like a bunch of brown dirt stuff like stuck yep. to the underside of the leaf, and you'd like wipe it and it come off on your fingers. It felt like really fine sand. Yeah, spores. That spore reproduction in plants, and so that's what most ferns have is they have these like little spore things. Mm. I like didn't know. I always thought I knew that black stuff. I always thought it was like little seeds, not seeds, spores. And the difference being is that spores are single cellular uh, reproductive agents, whereas uh, whereas seeds are multicellular reproductive agents, mm. right? So, like, yeah, exactly. But they're spores, and they reproduce via spores, which which will actually come into play later. But it's just sad that no one in no Slavic person was ever able to see a fern flower bloom. They just doesn't exist. <laughs> That's precisely, yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a shame, but. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe there's maybe maybe someone saw maybe someone saw a flower near a fern and thought and then got really lucky and they just like spread the story around or something like that. But yeah, I thought that little fact that like there's that story about ferns flowering, but fer ferns like biologically don't flower. I thought that was pretty funny. Mm. Now, okay. Harry, I've got yes. to ask. Yes. Discover Thursdays is not all about topics as well. It's not. That's true. We like to keep a, a nice balance here at Discover Thursdays. On one hand. Topics. On the other hand, music. Yeah. Now let me tell you, Harry. Okay, okay. Are you a fan of Oasis? I can't say that I am, but only because me, I don't me, know any say, of their songs. Let me let me let me let me say one song and see of if you course. get it. Wonderwall. I'm not a fan of Oasis. I don't like no, Wonderwall. No, no, this is not Wonderwall. Don't worry, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, oh, oh. It's a song called "Don't Look Back in Anger." Oh. Oh, don't look back in anger by Oasis. Yes. All right. And here it is for you on Discover Thursdays. Listening to songs you might have forgotten. Existed. Hey. Oh, we're Woo. getting way back. Coming to you from Rockingham, you're listening to IPL Radio. Love Gun. I haven't heard that one before. That wasn't bad. I know. I like that Kiss can hit 
high notes. I think that really adds to the the sound of the music. I really like it. Anyway, this is Discover Thursdays. With Haz. And Jake. Listening to songs you might have forgotten. Existed. Yeah. Oh, we're doing great, honestly. Even if we, we change up the thing, we've still got it. Well, what are we talking about today, Jake? We're talking about ferns, my dude. Ferns. And we're talking specifically about Terry Domania. And we're finally going to get into what Terry Domania actually is. Um, this, like, the, the, the craze that, that struck uh, Britain during the, the, the latter half of the, the 19th century. Yep. Yeah, so, okay, so, man, there was, researching this, there was so much to talk about. Like, it spread so horizontally and so immediately. Like, I was, I was like, I had like eight tabs open the other night and I was jumping between this and that. It was unbelievable. But I've managed to, to, Shuffle it all down into little bite-sized pieces, we can say, on the radio. So, Terry Domania, spelt P-T-E-R-I-D-O-mania. So, there's a, it's like pterodactyl, right? There's that P right at the beginning. So, Terry Domania is a, a, a portmanteau, a combo word of mania, meaning madness, coming from the Greek word, uh, main, 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 Mainstai, 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 which means to be mad, basically. Mm-hmm. And the word uh, terido, which is uh, like also Greek and comes uh, and, and means fern, essentially. And it actually comes from the Greek word um, t- uh, teron, t- uh, P T E R O N, which means feather, because fern leaves look a lot like feathers. Mm. And so they called them Teron, and that turns into, yeah, we've got it, right? Yeah. So it kind of does that whole whole thing, and then we get Terry Domania. Now, Terry Domania was actually coined in uh, 1855 in a, um, uh, in, in a book. I can't remember what the book was called, but it was some some book that this bloke wrote that, that Charles Kingsley wrote. You probably haven't heard of him because I haven't heard of him, but Charles Kingsley wrote this and he, and he quotes it in this specific, and, and he quote, he comes up with the name for this word at, for the, for the mania in this book. And, uh, and there's a really nice quote by him that kind of introduces us to, uh, to what the, what pteridomania is. If you want to pull up that webpage I hid from you earlier, Jake, I want to hear you read this paragraph in your best 1955 reporter accent. So, I want to hear it. Where it says your daughters. Do you uh, see? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I see it. I want to hear that. Your best 1955 reporter, author, pretentious accent. All right, g- give me give me a sec. Yep, um, I'll give you as much time as you want, bro. I want to hear this. Your daughters, perhaps, have seized with prevailing preterdomania hmm. and are collecting and buying ferns with ward cases wherein to keep them, for which you have to pay, and wrangling over unpronounceable names of species which seems different in each new fern book that they buy. Till the predomania seems to be somewhat of a bore, and yet you cannot deny that you find enjoyment in it and be uh, more active, more cheerful, and more self-forgetful over it. Then they would have been over novels and gossips, crochet and Berlin wool. At least you will confess that the that abomination of fancy work, that standing cloak for dreamy idleness, not to mention the injury which it does not pour starving needlewoman, has all but vanished from your drawing room since the lady ferns and Venus hairs appeared. 
and that you could not help yourself looking now and then at its at the said Venus has and agreeing that nature's real beauties were somewhat superior to the ghastly wooden cra- caricatures which they were superstar. Yes, that is I did not realize how wordy that that quote was. He's definitely that uh, like like 19th century. That was brilliant by the way. That was, so that, that was like a German. <laughs> yeah, I no, I heard that. I heard the, I liked the character. I liked who he was. To paraphrase that quote, what he's basically saying is, hi, men of the, 17, the uh, 19th, 19th century? 19th century. Um, you may have noticed that uh, your daughters are getting into ferns and, um, and are having to make you spend stuff for them to do it, but they seem pretty happy about it. And... Um, and uh, and 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 such and such and such and such. It's I really like the quote because it really I think it really puts in perspective how like like what this felt like like what I imagine this to be right. Here's here's what I equate this to is I equate this to the news report going, "Hi parents, so you've probably heard of Fortnite recently, and I've I, and and here's the lowdown on what Fortnite is, and should you be worried about it? That's the same vibe that this paragraph gives off, right? Mm. It's like this: Hi, uh, patriarchs of the family, your daughters are getting into this thing. Let me calm you down and say that it seems to be doing them pretty good. So, uh, Terradomania was like huge from the years of around 1850 to around 1890, bleeding a little bit into like 1901 and stuff like that. That's where it kind of ended. And it was this massive 60-year craze of people just being so into like ferns, right? Ferns that just the shape of them, the the way that they grew, growing them and cultivating them, going out and c- gathering them and picking them and things like that. People were obsessed with them. You'd wear clothes with fern decals, or you'd have jewelry boxes covered in fern-like paintings and stuff like that. And it's really interesting to um to find out about these like ancient crazes. You know what I mean? Oh, I say ancient. It was only a couple hundred years ago, but like like. I thought that fads were only like a a modern day thing. Not true. Fads have been around for years. And this phone thing is a a great, great example of it. So um, in that post, here's what we'll talk about first. Because again, this this, uh, topic spreads horizontally rather than vertically. So you kind of take one step in and you've got all of this knowledge that you just have to talk about, right? So here's how we'll talk about it first. First, I want to mention something that you might not have understood in that quote there, which was ward cases. Uh, They're now known today as Wardian cases, but this is important. They're invented by a bloke named Nathaniel Bagshaw Ward, which again, great name, right? And Nathaniel Bagshaw Ward was this doctor, and in his spare time, he was an amateur botanist, and he developed, he noticed that when he put uh, a silk silk moth, yeah, it was a a silk moth, um, what are are the things that, that caterpillars make? Cocoon? Cocoon. So he put a silk moth cocoon in a hermetically sealed container. You know what a hermetically sealed container is? A glass jar. Yeah, basically. Uh, He put it in a hermetically sealed container. He couldn't see it. Then when he opened it up, 
moth flies out, but also he notices that some seeds and stuff have like sprouted in the dirt that was in the jar as well, in this sealed jar, and had grown a little bit, which kind of piqued his interest. So he did an experiment where instead he closed everything up, but in a glass jar that he could see in. And what he noticed, and what we now know to, and uh, what we now know today, is um, the the physics of the modern day terrarium. So, uh, so the idea is is that you know how a greenhouse keeps itself closed so that uh, it, it gets like hotter and, and more, not hotter, sorry, more humid. Mm. So the air gets more moisture in it and it's kind of precipitates and creates this like contained water cycle. Well, Nathaniel Bagshaw Ward kind of figured out that you could do this just in like a glass jar. And it was really good at not only keeping plants, but also acclimatizing plants to mm. different like, uh, like, uh, environments and stuff like that because plants just like animals require that sort of like like slow introduction into a new environment and stuff mm. um i remember hearing this one story i don't think it was it could be quoted uh like like it didn't have a specific source but i really like the story so i want to share it and just cover my bases um that uh the the wardy ward cases or wardian cases which are these kind of large imagine like a miniature greenhouse made out of glass mm. and you're imagining a wardian case right uh with these glass greenhouses they were used to transport um plants over long distances by sea and some guy was like oh uh, I used to lose. I used to only have like one in every uh, nineteen out of twenty plants die in transport. Now with these new Wardian cases, nineteen out of twenty is my survival rate on plants, which like only not only speaks to their effectiveness, to, but speaks to like these things became available on the market pretty quickly, and and and, and Ward kind of capitalized on this and stuff like that. But Wardian cases were one of the big reasons why. Uh, fern collection and maintenance became so popular, right? Because whilst the kind of damp, dark Victorian home was exactly where ferns wanted to grow, a lot of people were, you know, had nicer houses and so had to have these kind of greenhouses, like little greenhouses that they could grow and maintain and grow ferns in and stuff like that, which is really cool. And there's so much... Sorry, I'm 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 struggling on how to like kind of structure this because there's just so much information on Terradomania. Like and, and I had no idea about it and then I jump in and I'm like, wow, like there's all of this information that's been provided and stuff. But to take a bit of a break, to kind of have a bit to think about Wardian cases, think about the quote we just heard, think about Terradomania as a whole, I think we should listen to a bit more music, Jake, yes, don't how you? About, how about one track? One track, only one. Jake, we play at least three in between talking things. I know, but there's a good reason for this. What's the reason, Jake? It's eight minutes long. Eight minutes long? Hey, for for example, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's that's six minutes. Okay, six minutes, not bad. It's two extra Um, minutes. uh, What's Sympathy for the Devil? That's about seven minutes about long. Seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, what is this eight-minute-long song that you are, are you want to listen to, Jake? It's Metallica. Uh-huh. Master of Puppets. Of course, Master of Puppets. I should have guessed, honestly. Hey, but it's a banger. Yep, it's a banger, and it's the length of like two and a half songs. So you're certainly getting your money's worth. Yeah, and also it's on Stranger Ooh. Things. Oh, wait, really? Oh, that's kind of cool. So that's why I wanted to, to give it a bit of an insight today. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, let's listen to it. This is Master of Puppets by Metallica on Discover Thursdays. 
Coming to you from Rockingham, you're listening to IPL Radio. You know what the best part about long songs is? And I noticed this with a lot of long songs is that they tend to be a different song for like 40% of their runtime, right? Yep. That bit after the second chorus and then he just like, uh, then it becomes a different song for a while and then we get back to the first song. I think that's what makes a good long song. Because if you yes. have a long song that all sounds the same, boring. I'm going to get bored of that. A little bit of a break, a little bit of a bridge in the middle, like two minutes. Ooh, chef's kiss. Mwah. See, this is this is what the thing is. Metallica were never mainstream back in the early days because mm. they mostly relied on just basically them playing their music. No record company wanted to sign them, mm. and they basically got around thanks to own their own brand of music. Right. And now this this disgusts me. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying this from from my perspective. <laughs> The only reason Metallica has become more popular due to mainstream is because due now this new mainstream with Stranger Things. But Metallica didn't get popularity until the Black Album. Right. Which was later on, which enters Sandman, Nothing Else um, Matters. Excuse me. Excuse me. Are we... Is this a report about Metallica? Oh, I'm sorry. If I'm sorry. If this is a report about Metallica, you got to tell me. I'll cut my phone report short. Uh, we'll talk hey, about Metallica. Hey, hey, hey. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. It's all right, sir. It's okay. I... I Forgive you, and that's on record. So you can that that'll that'll hold up in a court of law. I forgive you, Jake. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I mean, I'm not wrong. We are talking about ferns. Yeah. Maybe. May, hey, maybe one of about what, who's a band member of Metallica? Give me a name. Uh, Kurt Hammett. Kurt Hammett. Maybe Kurt Hammett saw a fern once. Maybe he ate a fern when he was a little kid. We don't know. Um, but. Mm. Terra Domania. Yep. Let's talk a little bit more about Terra Domania because I've got some things to say because we're not done talking about Terra Domania. I also did want to mention one thing uh, just about um, Nathaniel Bagshaw Ward. Remember the old guy who invented yep. the Wardian case? Um, I mentioned he was a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did I mention that his four sons also also became doctors? Four sons. All right. doctors. Well, I think two surgeons and like two general practitioners, but all doctors, mm. which is wild. But anyways, so you were asking me in the break, and I think it's a good question, is why? Why were people so obsessed with ferns? And you know what? Fair question. Very fair question. And there's a couple reasons as to possibly why like like this was so long this was a while ago and uh and it, while it's pretty well documented the beginning of this trend isn't as well documented right and so we're not sure on what the specific catalyst for and also there's there's a question there like right why do fads even become fads right like like it's it's some sort of human uh collective behavior sort of thing maybe like like why do you and i both know what the floss is right mm. that's a fad or why do you and i both would probably be able to do at least one fortnight dance like like we know where that started 
but mm. we don't know why it became so popular. These things just kind of like happen. So the question of of why it became so popular is a little difficult to answer, but I've got a couple convincing theories here here with me. So number one is the improvement of roads around the middle, the early to middle of the 19th century, right? So the, the, the roads around England are improving, especially to the much wetter, much more like kind of verdant, Verdant's a word, lush and verdant, west side of uh, England, of Britain. And that's important because people can actually get out to the, uh, get out into the forests to go hunt and gather ferns, Mm. right? That's possibly a reason. Another possible reason is that ferns in botany in England had been kind of uh, brushed off to the side. No one had really thought much about ferns. And there are 70 native fern species in uh, in England alone. So people kind of uh, rushed to... Uh, so, so botanists, both professional and amateur, could go out there and maybe, just maybe, discover a new species themselves, right? Like, that's a big draw for people. Oh, by the way... I just want to mention something on the side here real quick. This is just a personal story from my life. So I went to uh, the Bailing Up Medieval Festival recently, which was very fun. I dressed up. We had a very good time. I met a man there who was dressed up as a minstrel, right? And we got chatting. You know what his actual job is in real life? A botanist. You know what he's going to be doing in the next few weeks? Discovering a new species of plant. This kind of stuff is still happening today. Mm. New species of plant. It was really, really cool. He showed me a picture of the new plant. He said what he was thinking of naming it. It was really fun. Anyways, um... So uh, the chance to possibly discover one of the new ferns in England was like a really big thing. Um, oh, let me let me read here. I've kind of gone off my script a little bit, so I'm just gonna uh, pull it back, pull it back, pull it back. Um, and and yeah, uh, like the 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 rose in the country, new ferns. Oh yeah, yeah. And one of the biggest reasons why ferns became, or possibly why ferns became so popular, is because the shape of a fern, like you can picture the image of a a fern leaf, right? Or a frond. Um, That shape, that frond shape is really useful when decorating, especially curved surfaces. And you you see, if you scroll up to the top of this webpage here, Jake, you at home won't be able to see this, but but I'm sure you'll be. See, like uh, the, the design of the fern leaf lends itself to intricate metalworking and embroidery and all this sort of stuff. And there was actually a bunch of different kinds of um uh of 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 decor- decorations and ways of decorating that that these kind of ferns brought out. There's there was like you could press them and then like kind of put them physically on like boxes and then cover the boxes in varnish. So you've essentially varnished a flat uh, fern into the box, which is pretty clever. Uh, people were embroidering them on stuff. As you can see there, like metal working was done. And there was also this really interesting technique, which I'd actually like to try at home because it sounds like a fun craft project, about getting the shape of the fern leaf onto wood using paint, but not in the way you'd expect because you're not like using the fern as a paintbrush, right? But instead what people used to do, and this is a very specific kind of art that kind of cropped up around this area and then disappeared. Um, uh, it's, it's known as splatter work. Now splatter work is still used today, but the specific 
way they did this kind of splatter work with ferns, I'll, I'll just talk about it and you'll understand, right? So imagine a box or a piece of fabric or a wall or whatever, right? And what you do is you uh, uh, you kind of like uh, tape or, or glue a bunch of ferns and other nice looking leaves uh, onto this surface, right? And then you take some brown dye or brown ink or maybe brown paint and you kind of splatter it, you flick it, uh, onto the ferns, right? Like really hard. And it kind of goes and goes everywhere, right? And then you remove some of the leaves. Now, the ferns have stopped the splattering only where um, in the shape of themselves, right? You're essentially using them as a reverse stencil, right? But what people would do is then they would do this and then remove some of the leaves, but then they do it again with a slightly like a uh, darker shade of um, a darker shade of ink, right? And they cover the cover the whole thing in it, and then they'd remove a couple more leaves with an even more darker shape of ink. And what this would eventually, I think that's how it works. What this would eventually kind of uh, reveal is this three dimensional image, uh, uh, like like on this. 2D space that was because each of the fern, each of the leaves uh, going like kind of patterned backwards got darker and darker. It gave this like three dimensional and you could do different like colors and then you'd varnish the wood to like, like seal all of that paint in and stuff. And it creates like a genuinely nice, pretty and relatively simple way of like making these decorations on, on boxes and stuff. And it sounds like a really fun thing that you could actually do. Just go out, gather a bunch of leaves and sticks and stuff, come back, splat, 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 Got yourself a little bit of a, a little a bit of a pictogram, a little bit of art there. Mm. And this this um there's a very specific name for it, and I'm blanking on what the name is. Could you I'm gonna do terrible radio for a second, but I'm gonna get up and walk over to it's speaking to your microphone. It's on this webpage that it's on this webpage we were looking at before. Let me find it. It starts with an M. Ah, oh, there we go. Here, Google Google this. You this is how would you pronounce that, Jake? Morschline? Morschline Fernware. Morschline Fernware. It's spelt um, M-A-U-C-H-L-I-N-E Fernware. There you go. Take a look at some of those pictures. Yep. I've definitely seen that before. Yeah, exactly, right? Morschline Fernware. Um... And, and, and this style of doing things up uh, was really, really popular back in the day. And you can see how cool it looks. Like, that that's a perfect example. See that orange one up there? That's a perfect example of that's what I'm good. talking about. Yeah, right? And a really unique... And see how it gets darker as it goes back? Yeah, I see yeah, that. Yeah, it creates that 3D effect. I think it's really, really cool. Um, also, just as a side note, before we jump back in the music because I think that's the next thing we're going to do. Just as a side note, um, Morschline Fernware, there is a newsletter that exists that talks about, like, new finds of, of, of Morschline. Um, like, it's like a whole subculture of people, like, searching... There's someone behind me? What are you laughing at me no, for? No, I'm just saying there's, there's a whole newsletter for ferns. Not just not just for ferns. There's a whole newsletter specifically about bits of like 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 boxes and stuff with ferns on them, right? <laughs> I know. Isn't that cool? That's like a like a huge like anyway, I, I thought it was great and I really like how this looks and I genuinely want to try this at home because it looks kind of fun. But yeah, Morschline 
fernware, Morschline decoration. Uh, the reason it's called Morschline is because I think the, the, the people who kind of first started selling this sort of stuff uh, were, in, were in Scotland. And um and 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 Morschline is like the na- the family name or the the mm-hmm. town or whatever it comes from. But mm-hmm. but yeah, Morschline Fernware, and I thought that was a a a really cool little thing, a little do it yourself DIY project you can try, and it's got some really interesting history behind it. That's fair enough. Now, I'm not quite done talking about Terra Domania, but. I do want to listen to a little bit of music, if you don't mind. A little bit of music? Little well, bit of I've music. got something co- cooked up for you. Ooh, I love that. Cranberries. You've cooked cranberries for me. No, not like that, Harry. <laughs> the band, the cranberries. Dude, that was so actually funny. That was really good, actually. I did a funny. I knew funny. Yep, all right. Cranberries, the band Cranberries. What does Cranberries yes. sing? Cranberries are the singer of Zombie okay. and Dreams. Okay. He's this one that, that's usually not played on the radio. Oh. So I'm giving you a, somewhat of a radio rarity here. Yeah, I like that. I like here that. On well, what is it then? It's called Linger. Linger. Yep. Okay. Linger by the, cranber- the Cranberries? Yes, that's the one. Okay. You know, now I'm kind of really feeling some like blueberries or something like like that, you know? Why not? Now I'm thinking. I'm just thinking about cranberries. All right. This but- is Discover Thursdays with Has and Jake. Listening to songs you might have forgotten. Existed. Ah, perfect. Coming to you from Rockingham, you're listening to IPL Radio. Really old school Michael Jackson there. Yeah, no, I like that. That was good. That was released back in the 1990s. Okay. That was Remember the Time. Man, 30 years ago was the 1990s. I wasn't even born. I wasn't even born until 2002. Wow. You're the same age as my sister. Um, Wow. What? what? I don't know. We are talking about ferns today, particularly Terry Demania, which is the craze and obsession that England had with ferns from the 1850s to the 1890s. But, Jake, I've got a question to ask you. What's the question? Do you think that Terra Demania spread to other countries? Oh, that's hard to say. I'm going to say yes. Well, I don't know why I actually asked you the question because the answer is actually kind of. So most other countries at the time, no, did not spread to. Uh, It kind of passed America by. No one really cared. Uh, uh, Some of the other, like other European countries, it wasn't as popular in and stuff. But it was popular in one other Western country. A little little, uh, island off the coast of, uh, of, of Oceania, a little uh, a place to a little under a billion people. That's right. Australia is where it kind of took off in as well. Yep. Not to the same extent, I will say, not to the same extent as... Um, Our little brother in New Zealand. What? No, 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 no. Not to the same... It didn't take off in Australia to the same extent as it was in England, mm. but it was still you know, relatively popular, except with a couple different species of plant, not the the ferns that you and I know, those like frond sort of ancient looking things, but it really took off with staghorn ferns. You know what a staghorn fern is, Jake? No, I don't. Yes, you do. I promise you do. Because 
I think that every Australian person has seen a staghorn fern in their life. They just haven't known the name of it. I want you to Google, and you people at home as well, Google staghorn fern for me, S-T-A-G-H-O-R-N, staghorn fern. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Watch this. You have for sure seen one of these hanging up at your grandma's house, hanging up at a train station or maybe weirdly at a Bunnings. You've seen these before, Believe right? It or not, I have not. Really? That surprises me. I always see them uh, uh, growing like like at old people's houses or in retirement villages and stuff like that. I think they're a really popular Australian hanging plant. And they are a hanging plant because as you can see right there, you mount them on a wall and stuff like that. Now, Australia, back in the like the 1850s to the 1890s, staghorn ferns were all the rage and people had them and grew them and stuff. And um, and whilst the, the whole uh, tetradomania... Um, a whole tetradomania, uh, tetridomania. Yeah, I'm saying that right. The whole tetradomania thing didn't hit Australia as hard. Staghorn ferns, Australia as a country, especially Queensland, obsessed with uh, these staghorn fern things. Really got into them. Now, I've said this on a previous radio show, mm. but I do want to mention another cool fact about staghorn ferns because I really like them as plants. Right? Okay, so. Here's my cool fact about staghorn ferns. You're going to love this, right? And again, I have said this before. In fact, I said it on the ants episode, which is the episode I referenced at the beginning of this. Mm. It kind of all works out. It's all all interlinked. It's all connected. Well, let me tell you, right, about staghorn ferns. So uh, do you know what a eusocial society is? No, never heard that in my life. That's okay. So are you... EU social, a EU social society is this kind of uh, way that an animal group functions that kind of is different from other things, right? Uh, EU social society very specifically has a couple key traits. Number one, uh, that some members of the species have to forego reproducing in order to uh, like kind of maintain uh, for the community, like a better status for the community, right? You can see this ants are a great example of a eusocial like kind of structure right because some ants don't reproduce they're specifically workers Mm -hmm. Uh, a eusocial society also requires um multi-generational uh multi-generational like community uh like uh working together so it's not like one generation exists and then dies and the next one is hatched and then exists and then dies uh ants do this and humans also do this because you go to work with me and we were born in two different years right Woo-hoo. so another you social thing and there's one more you social factor and i think it's just that like the animals are in groups like they're mm. not like individual hunters they work together and stuff like that so yeah this eusocial like description is specifically tailored towards animals, right? Because that's how, what we've been looking at and describing for the last like thousands of years. But, and this is mind-blowing, right? In certain areas of, uh, on an island in, like a volcanic island in the ocean, where staghorn ferns grow in groups, right? Really, really interesting. It has been found that some staghorn ferns will forego 
creating spores will forego reproductive organs if they are in an advantageous position to collect water, not for themselves, but for the community of staghorn ferns living around them. How wild is that? This this plant is making the decision to forego reproducing in order to help the plants around it grow. That is a real thing that happens. These plants are actively, in some way, communicating like that. And that's what the last thing of... um of you social uh you social uh societies are is that uh, uh that uh taking care of one's young is a communal effort not just parent and child it's like child and community right so these staghorn ferns when they're in a position where because you see how these ferns are, are, are vascular so they like can can drag what they're, they're designed in a way to pull water down yep. they specifically if they're in a good position to give the rest of the the ferns around them water. They won't develop spores. They won't grow spores. They won't develop reproductive organs. That's amazing. I think that's really, really cool. Anyway, and staghorn ferns were the, the way that Terradomania kind of made its way to Australia. Mm. And that is all I have to say on ferns, really, on ferns as a whole, the scientific side of ferns, the Terry Domania side of ferns. How wild is that? That's like, pretty wild. Yeah, I just like I I read about like these fads that happened hundreds of years ago, and because it is nearly two hundred years since Terry Domania started, right? Yeah. Certainly two hundred years since the Wardian case was developed in the in the eighteen twenties, but like. I, I think that it's just something that like reminds me that people have been the same for forever. And that's super cool. And it also makes me feel about fads that are happening now, right? Like um like I play a lot of Magic the Gathering, which is a card game. That's a like a craze that's happening, or or like we were talking about before, flossing and pet rocks and Fortnite dances and stuff. Who knows? Maybe in 200 years, there'll be a couple specky, uh, specky like white boys at a radio station and they'll be talking about like whatever is currently the craze of our time right now. Mm. I just think that's super cool. Really, really, really interesting. And that's, that is my report on the humble fern. Wow, that's awesome, Harry. No worries. And that is the end of our show. Yeah, we've come to the end of it. That is But it. to play us out, Ooh, yes. how about some more MJ? You know what? I think I would like that quite a bit. Has it? Does anyone remember Earth Song? I think I've heard of it, actually. Well, let's... You better play it and just remind me what it sounds okay, like. Okay, well, we'll play it. Anyway, no this, has been, this has been... Oh, yeah. Discover Thursdays. With Has. And Jay. Listening to songs you might have forgotten. Existed. Man, we're good at this job. Coming to you from Rockingham, IPLB. <laughs>